indicative of future results. I'm only in my second year of teaching classroom religion classes for our local Catholic school, so I'm still learning a lot about what it means to be a teacher. I learn from my own experience, from the other teachers, and from the students themselves. One of my fifth graders made an interesting observation about my classes not too long ago. I'll tell you what it was, coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Happy Friday to you. This is The Inner Life, the show that's dedicated to providing some help and hope to you in living out your faith this day with the help of our excellent spiritual directors. I'm Patrick Conley. One of the things that I learned fairly early on about my classroom teaching is that my style is one that encourages discussion. I tend to ask the class a lot of questions, and they, in turn, ask me a good number as well. And if those questions are pertinent, focused, and or important, I usually can't help but address them, at least to some extent. I'm just so fascinated by all kinds of aspects of our faith that I I can't help myself. Well, I was in the midst of one such class with my 5th and 6th graders, where I had been addressing a myriad of questions coming in from a variety of different students, when one of the 5th graders piped up and made this observation. In religion class, he said, we sure talk about death a lot. I hadn't really thought about it, honestly. But when he said that, I wore it as a badge of honor. I replied with something like, well, you may think that education is all about getting you ready for your life. And that's partially true. But Catholic education is also about getting you ready for your eternal life. One thing that not one person in all of human history has been able to avoid is an end to this earthly life. And often, too often in our wider society, not much attention is paid to what comes after it. Of course, our Lord has revealed a good deal about what is to come after life on this mortal coil comes to a close and how we need to prepare for that now. Our topic for the show today is the four last things, death, judgment, heaven, and hell. And believe me, though it may sound harrowing and unpalatable, there is an abundance of good that can come from reflecting upon the inevitable reality of death. Here to guide our discussion is our spiritual director for today, Father Matthew Witter. Father Matthew serves as pastor of St. John Newman, St. Williams, St. Joseph, and St. Mary in Waukesha, Wisconsin, in the Archdiocese of Milwaukee. Father Matthew, good to have you back. Welcome. Good to to be on the show again with you, Patrick, and all the, the listeners and Fifth graders, they, they could have some of the best observations and best questions. I've, I've seen that, <laughs> too, in my, my experience. Yeah. It, it, a, great, a great insight, a great insight. And, and, yep, we talk about death, but we have to be preparing <laughs> you know, right. for our, our, our eternal life. Yeah, even from a young age. And I would imagine that especially, I mean, I don't really recall, to be honest, what it was like to be a fifth grader. Um, that's reaching way far back for me. But uh, but it's never too early to start considering some of these things, at least on in an age-appropriate level, I would say. You know, and I, I feel like, you know, that third, fourth, fifth grade, I feel like for, for, for myself, like looking back to that age, like I said, I don't remember a lot either, but I do remember it was right around that age where I realized, like, you know, I grew up on a farm, so there's kind of death all around us too with with animals, and you see that. But it's all of a sudden, it's like, wow, someday I'm going to die, mm. and then what does that mean? <laughs> and and you know, you kind of have that that kind of existential kind of thought, and you know, what 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 does that mean? And and so right in those those ages, and 
think those are those are powerful ages, and and to, to kind of contemplate, Lord, you know, where are you in this? And, yeah. and that is one of the most important questions because if when we when we trust the Lord, things fall into place. Without the Lord. Yikes! We are yeah. stuck in an existential <laughs> crisis at that point. Like it's one of those things where either we're we're trapped in truly an existential crisis if this world is it, or there's that sense of Lord, I, I need to trust in you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, without the Lord, yikes! I think that's <laughs> that's yeah. a bumper sticker for you right there. I think that could go on. <laughs> could go on without the Lord, yikes! Yep. Yeah, that's that's true. Obviously, for this life as well as in the, certainly in the life to come as well. Well, let's turn to scripture to start us out in our conversation today, Father. Uh, where do we get some of the senses of these four last things: death, judgment, heaven, and hell in scripture? Any thoughts about that? Yeah, we see them kind of implanted all all around, and we we know them by our our very kind of core intuitively. But then we see in the scripture, and we. We think of the reality of of death, and we we go all the way back to the the book of Genesis of of Adam and Eve in the garden, and and created in that original perfection and solitude and holiness, and then what comes in sin, and and what is the wage of sin? As the scripture says, death, and so death enters in in the in the midst of the in that garden, and there's more that can be said about that, and then this reality that that each of us after we die. There's two different judgments. There's our, our own particular judgment that we that we we go before the the throne of our Lord. We go before our Lord, and we at that moment there's that the judgment of heaven or hell. Uh, sometimes heaven and purgatory are are linked together, but he- heaven or hell and heaven is that beatific vision. It's it's complete union with the Lord. And hell, on the other side, very simply put, is a complete absence of the Lord. And when there's an absence of love, and we can think about that in our own lives, when there's experiences within our life where it seems like love is absent for one reason or another, it can feel like life can be like hell. And so we all kind of intuitively know those moments when there's that sense of joy and peace. That's that's an inbreaking of, of heaven into into earth, right? And then at the same time, we know that when there's a complete absence of love, a complete emptiness, uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that, that our Lord is not present, because our Lord in the dark night can work very presently. But when we choose uh, to accept uh, the emptiness that comes without our Lord, yes, life becomes a, a hell. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Well, let's uh, let's dive in a little bit here too. What is the Catholic teaching on death? What happens at the hour of our death, Father? Yep. So at the hour of our death, after we die, we we go before the, the Lord, and 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 so death. Even reference before the, the book of Genesis and, and death enters into the world with, with original sin. And we see it right after that in, in, in Cain murdering his, his brother Abel. But then there's, there's a powerful reality. And this is where we always have to remember this very, very important word that is critical, mercy. God's mercy. God's mercy triumphs over everything. And we can even look at death as as a as a result of God's mercy, which seems ridiculous to say, uh, but without death, without death, think of what it would mean if we lived eternally within this world, troubled as it is with original sin. That would yeah. not be that would not be anything we'd want to look forward to, right? At yeah. some point, and so even death, there's an element of of God's mercy, where God then opens up that door through the death of Christ, through the death of of Christ. As we share in our baptism, we share in Christ's death, 
we also then share in his resurrection. So as we look at our, our lives and kind of that spiritual reality and that sense of as we share in the, the Lord's death, we also shared in his resurrection. On our own, we're all doomed to just simply death, death, no resurrection. On our own, without Christ, it is death. Uh, but through Christ, uniting ourselves to, to Christ in baptism and then living our lives in that way, uh, death leads to leads to resurrection. We see it in, in different ways, even within Many of the saints have talked about the, the little deaths of life, and maybe we can use examples of you know the death of, of losing a job, perhaps. And, and sometimes we, we lose a job, and it, it feels like everything is over. But then many times there is resurrection, and a new side with the Lord opens uh, a new door. And so that, ele- that element of death to resurrection, so often what, what does it mean is it's dying to ourselves to live with Christ. And so that's the, the deeper element of dying to myself in order to live for Christ. And that's that, that rhythm of, of death and resurrection. And so when we come to that moment of taking our final breath and our heart beating for the, for the last time, that pattern of death and resurrection is a pattern that's not new to us. It's a pattern. If we've been conforming ourselves, not my will, but, but, but your will, Lord, it's a pattern we've loved our whole life. And then we go before the Lord, and, um, and that's a moment that that we should be thinking about. It's a beautiful moment. Even the catechism talks about the sacrament of confession of, of looking as you're going before, before the Lord, before that, that particular judgment. Uh, so yeah. make the most of the, you know, the sacrament in that, in those times. Yeah. That's an actually, it's an excellent point. And I really like the thought that uh, our Lord is inviting us to not just think about or reflect upon or contemplate our own earthly death as well, but he's inviting us to to partake in this, right? The whole idea, like you were saying, that this death to self, St. Paul saying, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me, uh, our Lord's commandment to take up our cross and follow after him. And then I love the way that you tied in the sacrament of confession as well there. That, that, that in and of itself is kind of a, a death to self and a recognizing that we are so dependent on the life and the grace of God. Yeah, I love the word you said, inviting us to you know, partake of His life. That's exactly what it is. We're we're invited to to partake of the Lord's life, and that is a a deep point that's that's easier said than done. As you said right away, take up your cross and follow me. And those are things on our own we cannot do, but we will get opportunities every day to do just that in little ways, in big ways, and and that's you know, conforming our lives to the, the life of Christ. And, and then when we go before the Lord, when we go before the Lord, the, kind of the question is, is how close did we come? How close did our, our life come to resembling the image of Christ who, at our judgment, stands before us? Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good. Our spiritual director today is Father Matthew Witter, and we're talking about the four last things, death, judgment, heaven, and hell. Maybe you have a question about one or many of these things, or you'd like to ask our spiritual director, Father Matthew, please give us a call on our toll-free studio line, 888 That line is sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters, and again, the number is 888-914-9149. You can always send us an email, if you prefer, at innerlife at relevantradio.com. And Father, as I'm thinking through these things, I mean, again, it's not necessarily something that comes up frequently I, outside of my religion class, I guess, but it's not something that comes up frequently in you know uh, dinner conversations or things like that. Um, and yet it seems to be something that we all reflect on to some point, whether that's maybe in the middle of the night if we awaken or if we're 
confronted with the loss of a loved one or something like that, there are certain times, uh, thin areas um, in which we are yep. actually confronted with our own mortality. But those seem to be gifts as well, do they not? I mean, that to lead us into thinking about and contemplating our own, that our time here on this planet is, uh, well, on this in this mortal realm anyway, is limited. Yeah, yeah, those are... You're right. There, those those thin thin spaces, because we we often live as if we're we will always be here. We always will always be here. We 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 often don't think about the reality of death. We're trying to get through, you know, this hour, this day, the worries of of this day, and 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 then how often do we think about the, the eternal reality? We're we're so often focused on what's right here and and, and right now, and whenever that that element of you know, this conversation, the month of November, where the church mm-hmm. prays for the, the faithful departed and beginning with all souls and all all saints day. And, and just that reality of, 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 of hopefully it, it kind of gets into us of how am I living? What are the choices that I'm making right now? Are the choices I'm making now choices that will lead me to eternal life with our Lord? And so it is even this month of November, you know, the leaves are at least in, in uh, not everywhere in the United States, but in, at least in northern parts, the leaves are falling off the trees, and we see the, the death of the leaves, and uh, it's kind of in, in nature at this time in, in some parts of the, of the United States. But, yeah, reflecting then within that. Right. And uh, But that doesn't, again, doesn't necessarily seem to be, and maybe just uh, this is probably more of an opinion question than anything, but what is it about um, just life in general that makes us kind of not, want to talk about these things, not want to, uh, that it's, that is uncomfortable, um, rather than, you know, rather than engaging with the thoughts and conversations about death, we tend to avoid them. We tend to and almost push it to the edges of our minds, even though it's inevitable. And that seems a little bit strange to me. That's right. When it, when it comes to human beings, you alluded it to in the open, you know, no one besides, you know, Enoch and, and, uh, you know, Elijah, if we wanted to really kind of push it, even when you look at nature and, and yeah, nature right. around us, nothing, not even, not even just the humanity, but nothing makes it out of this world alive. And, and yet we do, we do put off and sometimes it's those practical things of, you know, making a will and getting funeral plans set up and, and all those things uh, we put off, we put off, we put off. It's, yeah, it's, it's kind of within us to an extent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it is uh, it's one of those things, too. And I like what you were saying a few minutes ago too, father, about, uh, you know, some of us, there has been this quest of, I don't know, seeking, uh, seeking to live as long as we can and that sort of thing in this in this world. And I remember actually just anecdotally um, addressing a number of young people. This was not in religion class, but in another setting and uh, say, like, you might not believe this right now, but when you get to be my age, there's not really there's not really a desire to live in this life in this body in this world for for all eternity that is not that is not as appealing as the uh, what is offered to us in Christ and i think that that's what we're we're continuing to turn back to as believers is what Jesus is offering us which is nothing less than a share in his life a share in his resurrected life yep yep and 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 death is one of those 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 things where you're, you're you're right. Many times, people people of faith that they've lived a certain amount of time, and they say, "Lord, I'm I'm ready." You know, whenever you're ready, Lord, I'm ready. And that's that that's a beautiful thing when there's that that sense of surrender. Sometimes people, 
you know, the, the question I'll hear many is like, you know, I don't know what the Lord still wants me to do. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure. You know, sometimes people will say, I'm, you know, Lord, I'm ready. I'm not sure what you, you still, you still have in, in, in mind. And there's this, this surrender of, surrender of Lord, I'm, I'm ready. You know, I'm ready when my time comes. And then on the other side of things, though, we, we also know that many times our deaths, we don't have that same type of preparation for it. It happens in tragic ways and unexpected ways. And uh, we don't know. We don't know. Yeah. Yeah, very good. Well, I'll tell you what, Father, let's take a phone call. Diane is calling in from California. Diane, thanks for calling The Inner Life. Welcome. Hi. Um, so happy you took my call. My question is, um, what is the definition of purification? Can we accomplish that during our life before we die? Because I struggle with a lot of things, and I just end up telling God, please, take this as my purification for my sins. Mm -hmm. So I'm just wondering, what is the definition? Is there such a thing that we are purified before we die? That's a beautiful question, Diane. And and that, that prayer that you just mentioned of look, Lord, Lord, let me just purify me. That that's a great, great prayer. That's a great prayer. And and what what we find, you know, the, the general principle I would say is, you know, first of all is heaven, is that's where we all want to get. Heaven is perfect union with God. And we think about that perfect union with God, in the perfect union of God, in the complete holiness of God, any ounce of sin cannot exist in the, in, in the, in the, in the perfect glory of God. And so we think about, for example, the sacrament of confession, when we, when we confess our sins within the, the sacrament of confession, that the eternal punishment you know, for mortal sins is taken away and that's forgiven. But there's still a temporal punishment for sin. And the temporal punishment for sin is, uh, you know, a way that I'll often look at it is, is sometimes you might, let's say I confess, I, you know, I'm angry with a family member or a friend and um, I said some mean things or whatever. And let's say we make a good confession and, and we, we mean it. Uh, our Lord forgives us in that, in that um that confession, so the eternal punishment is forgiven. But then the, the, the ultimate reality that can be complicated is sometimes, even though our sins are forgiven, given the chance, if I had a chance of the right circumstances to say something, you know, to that person, I would do it. <laughs> and and that that tendency to sin, that also, and then that's really where the, where the purification comes in, and that and that temporal punishment, that sense of even the, the impulse that, given the chance, maybe we're, we're forgiven of our sin, so we are going to get into heaven. But that impulse to sin, even that, that has to be that has to be um, uh, that has to be purified from us, and so that can happen in this life. That can also happen um, on the way to heaven in, in purgatory. Mm. I gave kind of a long answer there. No, <laughs> I don't I, know if any of that made sense. I think that's very helpful, and Diane, it's a great question too. And there is hope there, based on what Diane said, right, and what what Diane was asking, and how you responded, Father. That there is hope there. That yeah, some of the sufferings that we undergo in this life, and that exactly. some of the work that the Lord does in this life, can yet be uh, can help us with that purification. Definitely, definitely, yeah. um, you're you're right on Diane on that. Yeah, yeah. Diane, thank you for that. Thanks for the phone call. We're talking today about the four last things, death, judgment, heaven, and hell with our spiritual director, Father Matthew Witter. If you have questions about any of these things, 
or if you have uh, maybe just ways that you look at some of these things in a way that gives you hope, that brings the hope of Christ into your life, give us a call at 888-914-9149. We invite you into the conversation, 888-914-9149, or send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. Got more to come on the show. We're going to take our first short break, but we'll be back right after this with more of the show. If you are in the market for health insurance, our sponsor, the Catholic Order of Foresters, is here to help you and your family find the most cost-effective health plan. Learn more at relevantradio.com slash forester. Oh, well, I want to be ready. I want to be ready. I want to be ready to walk in Jerusalem just like John. Nice. We are back on The Inner Life here, and my name is Patrick Conley. And we're talking about the four last things, death, judgment, heaven, and hell, with our spiritual director, Father Matthew Witter, today. And hey, actually, before we get back into the conversation, um, since we only have this one life to live, how about a once-in-a-lifetime celebration? You guessed it. I'm talking about next summer, July 17th through 21st in Indianapolis. It's the National Eucharistic Congress. That is a once-in-a-lifetime celebration. Check out the travel packages that we have uh, for the Congress at RelevantRadio.com slash encounter. Thanks to Nativity Pilgrimage. Again, that's RelevantRadio.com slash encounter for that once-in-a-lifetime and getting you ready for your eternal lifetime as well, I might add. Well, Father, a uh, an email came in during the break here that I think is uh, worthy of continuing our conversation here. Um, specifically, it's from Stan, who's listening in Philadelphia. Stan, thanks for emailing in. And he says, I feel like I could have done better in my life. I've always gone to confession when I've sinned. I've failed a lot of times, but always went back to the church. So he asks, how do you know you are doing enough to make it to purgatory? He said, I do not want to offend God anymore. That's uh, so. First of all, Stan, that that's that's a heart of someone who who loves the Lord. That sense of you know, I don't want to offend the Lord. You want to be with the Lord and have that's that's a uh, that's a heart that's that's directed towards the Lord. And you know, what what do I need to do? Or what do I need? And, and I think that the first step is always is trust in the Lord's mercy. Trust in the Lord's mercy, because at the end of the day, it's nothing that we can do. It's nothing that we can do. It's, it starts with the Lord's mercy. It, everything starts with, with, with the Lord's mercy. And so that's what we always do in everything. We trust in, in the Lord's mercy. We trust the Lord's mercy. And I think it, that's, that's where it starts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that trust is, uh, is foundational. And I think that that's, uh, that's such a uh, it's overwhelmingly um, wonderful gift that the Lord has given us in his mercy. And, uh, and it's something that at the same time, I mean, I, I think that, uh, we want to be aware and live our lives according to that mercy. So, um, we are cooperating with his grace in that. So Stan, thank you so much for the email. I appreciate that. And, uh, that's, that really leads us into a conversation too, about, uh, getting ready. I mean, one of the things that I know that, uh, I like to hold in front of myself as an educator, as we were talking at the top of the show, is uh, you know getting getting these kids ready to die a good death. So, what are some of the ways yeah. that maybe we can prepare for our death, Father? And 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 Stan's question does lead into this in a good way because for us as Catholics, like the, the whole point of our faith. Now we talk about final perseverance and that sense of Lord, give me you know final perseverance in the faith right up until up until the end. 
But we, we need to proclaim the good news that by following, you know, by living our Catholic faith, like the whole point is to get to heaven. And so we can have a sense of confidence that if we're practicing, practicing our faith, what's the point so that we can be very close to knowing like, Lord, I'm, I'm going to get in. And so, so what is that? We, we start with the, you know, the, the basics, the, the simple basics of the faith, get to mass on, on Sunday when we've, when we've committed mortal sins, uh, um, get to confession, confess them. If not, get to confession at least once a year. The, people will say the, the Easter duty, uh, to live a, a life of prayer and a life that's that's rooted in, in our vocation. But the, the church is meant to be in the midst of this this world, which we are in exile. That's that's the thing. We're, we're exile. We're all in a, in a land that is not completely home. <laughs> this land is, is not home. And so the church, as many of the saints have used this, then, St. Peter uses in, in the letter of First Peter that sense of that that ship, that ship in the waves of the of the sea. But the church is is our ship to to bring us home, to bring us bring us to harbor. And so, the the whole point of the teaching of the church is to get us to heaven, to give us confidence uh, in humility, of course, that by following we we get we can we can be assured of getting to heaven. Yeah. Yeah. Well, very good. I, I appreciate that. I think a follow-up question from Anne may uh, may actually play into this as well. And she's down in your neck of the woods, Father, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Ooh. So, Anne, thank you for calling in to The Inner Life. Welcome. Hi, thank you. Um, my What I wanted to comment on is something that I and others in my family take great comfort in, and that is when Jesus is on the cross and one of the yep. crim- criminals next to him um, is rebuking the other, um, for uh, rebuking Jesus, and says to Jesus, um, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus says to him uh, immediately, I assure you, this day you will be with me in paradise. So regardless of what that man's sins have been his entire life and what he's now being punished for under, under human law, Jesus forgives him instantaneously. And so my question is, you know, given all the things you've been talking about, for us as humans who continually make mistakes and, and may yep. not live the best life that we choose, how can we continue to take comfort that Jesus' forgiveness will extend to us? That's a beautiful, beautiful scripture. Can I ask, Anne, it sounds like you're someone who's really kind of taken in part of the Lord's mercy and that, that awareness of the Lord's forgiveness I don't know, at a deeper level, or if I can ask you, is there, has there been something along with this scripture passage that has helped you kind of with that mentality? Um, well, it's, it's really, it's thinking about those in our, in our lives who have tried to live their very best life, knowing that they are still human and still make mistakes. And yep. having been raised in the Catholic Church and, and gone through, you know, Catholicism and, and, and that type of thing, just that fear mm-hmm. that Jesus will forgive you, but you're going to spend eternity in purgatory. So, you know, through Bible studies, through um, many yep. other things, it's, people have just used those, those types of Scripture, right from the Scripture, that this is something you should take comfort in and take hope in and, and yep. not fear that that's where you will be. Yeah, I think another good one is is uh, remember the parable where there's the the workers that go out to the vineyard and and uh, you know some go out right away early in the morning and the others throughout the day and then you know at the end there's the people that basically come in right as as, as the work is coming to a uh, a conclusion and and the 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 landowner gives each of them the the same wage 
and, and there's an image of those who have maybe been faithful their whole lives and those who have you know, kind of come in at the end. Uh, but either way, even when we're faithful, you're right, we do have our ups and downs in the faith, and we, it's a continual, continual um, trust in, in the Lord's mercy. And that, that, that prayer from, from, from the cross, remember me when you come into your kingdom, that's, uh, that's the prayer that all of us, we need to have on our minds and in our hearts. And great question, and it's something that uh, does offer a lot of hope, even for those. I mean, you mentioned, and just uh, the, those who live their best life. Um, well, I, yeah. I'm holding out that hope for even those who may have not lived their best life, but even in yeah. the last hours of, of their earthly life, they did turn back to God, even if we couldn't witness that, and that's entrusting them to the to the grace, the mercy of God. So thank you, and, Anne. And thank you for the point. point yep. Yeah, please. And, and, and on that point, you know, what, you know, why do we trust the Lord? Because the Lord has given everything for us to get to heaven. The Lord has given yeah. everything. The Lord has, the Lord has invested way too much for him suddenly <laughs> to say no. Nope. You know, like he has given everything, everything. And and what, you know, sometimes what do some of the mystics say? And we think of you know the Saint Margaret Mary Alloquay and then the the Sacred Heart apparition. You know, what what hurts the Lord's heart the most is that his heart is is open and his love is and mercy are being poured out. And yet we're often indifferent to it. And so the Lord has given everything, everything, everything. And like you said, whether we lived our, feel like we've lived maybe our best life or not, the Lord still has given everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even tells us uh, that he takes no pleasure in the death of a sinner, right? I mean, that, that exactly. he, is, yep. he has given himself totally so that um, sinners may come to repent. And there's much rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 who have no need of repentance, which I don't quite frankly know uh, a lot of people who are in that category, by the way, <laughs> who have no need of repentance. And I'm looking at myself yeah. first yeah. and foremost, of course. Yeah. Well, and thank you again for the thank you for the question and the point. A um, lot of lot of great things to hope on and to place our hope in. Uh, but let's talk about let's talk about judgment, Father. Let's talk about what what is actually going on in judgment. What is the Lord looking at um, when we're when we're faced come face to face to Him and sit in judgment? You know, one of the, the starting points is you know each of us each of us came into this world with, with outside of our choice. You know, our parents brought us into this world. Uh, but all of us to get to the next world, we stand before the Lord. It's we have a choice, and and really the choice comes down to how did I agree with the Lord's grace in the, the graces that the Lord has given me? How have I come into agreement with those? And we see if, you know, one of the the great stories of, of judgment. And this is more of the that's a whole other conversation. There's the the particular judgment and the final judgment. Mm-hmm. The, the, but one of the, the things within that, we, we, the scripture gives us a, an image of, of Jesus separating the, using kind of a parable form, the sheep from the goats. And that, that sense of, you know, we're the sheep, you know, I, you, know you fed, clothed the naked and, and gave drink to the thirsty and uh, took care of the sick. And then, you know, on the other side, the, those are the sheep, the, the goats are the ones that, uh, that, you know, did not care. And what does the Lord say, whatever you did for the least of these, you did for me. And so that sense of that sense of judgment is how well did we, in in, for the, in terms of the graces that the Lord gave us, did we did we use those? We're going to hear a, a parable this weekend that touches on that a, a bit as well. The people that got different amount of of talents, uh, talents is also a form of of money within the the scriptures. 
but then what what did um, you know two of the people that got different talents amounts they they did something with them they they were fruitful with the, those those graces that they received and the other just kind of buried it and so there is that sense of when it comes to judgment how did, how well did we use the graces that the Lord gave us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and that uh, it's something that we, again, need to be aware of in this life, right? I mean, this is the uh, proving grounds, as it were, as to how do we respond to the grace of, of, of our Lord in those times, right? That's what we're looking at as our, as our mortal life. Exactly, exactly, and it is, there is also, just go back to the, just a, a trust in the Lord's mercy, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. because we can do, and when I say, you know, coming into agreement with the Lord's graces, we can do all the things and and the things that we do are, are important, but if it's not connected to the, the, the to the Lord, that's all empty. <laughs> that's all yeah. empty because uh, right. it, it without the Lord, what the Lord has done for us, all of our works are empty. We you know as Catholics, we put we put the two together. Yeah. Well, you mentioned too, uh, Father. As, as long as we're talking about judgment, you mentioned the particular judgment and uh, the final judgment, the the general judgment um, that's to come as well. Do you want to just uh, give us a little definition of each of those? Yeah. So the, the particular judgment is is, is is individual. It's it's a judgment after we die, when we go before the Lord, and it's heaven or hell. And when I say heaven. Heaven includes purgatory. Purgatory is the is the process, not so much of a place as it is a process of, of purification to enter into heaven. So just to, to clear that up, sometimes people think, if I'm in purgatory, does that mean I'm going to hell? No, it's uh, the process of purification. As, uh, as it was mentioned before by Diane in, in the call, um, you know, that it allows us, purifies us to be able to enter into the utter, complete holiness and love of, of, our, of our Lord. That's the particular judgment. The final judgment comes at the end of the age when the Lord comes again. And it's, uh, it's, it's connected to the Lord's second coming. And it's really when we, we prepare for Advent here, we think of, we, we look back to the Lord coming on Christmas. But every Advent is also, the word Advent means coming, and it, and it is a sense of the Christ's second coming, the, the final judgment. And so one of the realities of that that takes place just before the, the final judgment is when, when Christ comes again, our bodies and our souls will be reunited. That's something we don't often think about. We think about yeah. you know, my soul goes to, to heaven or to hell, my body stays here, and, and never more do they, they, they reunite again. Well, when Christ comes again in the final judgment, believe it or not, our our bodies, our bodies that we have right now will will be reunited, will rise and be reunited with our soul. And we see that we united to the, remember we talk about we've died with Christ, we also should rise with him. When when Christ rose from the dead, his body also rose, like his, his body also rose and it was a glorified body. And so that's that's part of the the um, the, the final judgment. Another element of the final judgment is that there will be a, not just a new heavens, but a new earth, like the earth, that the earth that also, as we touched on just briefly before, the earth also suffers this reality of death. Um, everything in, 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 even in, in earth and in, you know, does eventually die. And so even earth is, is given uh, a renewal when, when Christ comes again and makes a, a new heavens and a new earth. And then that reality that there will be the final judgment of, of everyone that's in heaven is forever in heaven and those in hell are are cast forever into hell but that would be in a a little bit of a, a snapshot 
Yeah, well, thank you for that, Father. Father Matthew Witter is our spiritual director today, and we're talking about the four last things of death, judgment, heaven, and hell. If you have a question about any of these things, I, I, it's a great and enriching conversation thus far, but we would love some more questions if you have them at 888-914-9149. Give us a call and join the conversation, 888-914-9149, or innerlife at irrelevantradio.com. We're going to take our next break, but we'll be back with more on heaven and hell after this break with our spiritual director, Father Matthew Witter. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Our sponsor, the University of Dallas, invites you to check out The Quest, a five-episode video series on discovering our purpose and living it with courage. Start watching The Quest for free at relevantradio.com slash quest. It won't be very long for any of us. Soon and very soon, we are going to see the king. My name is Patrick Conley. Welcome back to The Inner Life. My thanks to Nick Sentovich, our producer, and Thomas Engeser taking your phone calls today. And our spiritual director is Father Matthew Witter. We're talking about the four last things of death, judgment, heaven, and hell. Well, Father, to turn our attention to hell, um, it's uh, something that needs to be discussed in, in these four last things. But as you painted a sobering picture of hell in the early part of the show, where we are eternally cut off from the presence of God, from the life of God, but I guess I guess the question that I would have is what places, according to our Catholic teaching, what places a soul in danger of hell? Being unrepentant, being unrepentant, and the, the Lord, you know, we look at you know the, the Lord's ministry, and so much of the, the Lord's ministry was to, uh, we, you know, we think of the third luminous mystery of the Rosary, the proclamation of the kingdom, or and and you know what goes to the proclamation of the kingdom, the call to conversion. And and what is the call to convey, conversion is to realize that that I am not my savior. Like I need a savior. We all need uh, a savior. And so what what point puts us in, in the most danger is to think that you know I can I can make it on, on my own. No, we we can't. We are all all of us are sinners in in need of the Lord's the Lord's mercy. And to to forget that all of us are in need of the Lord's mercy. That puts us in in a danger. Now, you know, we, we think of of hell, and we talked about before. You know, what is hell? It's it's the complete absence of God. That's what makes hell hell. Is that it's it's the complete absence of God, and in the complete absence of God, that is the you know there there are places even in this world where people will will walk that where there's been. Uh, evil, or, or and people say, "Oh, you just feel this this eeriness or this emptiness." Sometimes we can even um, sense that in, in, in a way, but it's that that complete absence of of God. Yeah, which is harrowing just to think about. But I suppose the because Jesus wasn't silent about this either. I mean, we've even had some parables recently, right, where Jesus is saying, you know, throw him outside. I think this Sunday we've got one of the terrible yep. parable of the talents, right? Yep. Throw him outside where there's wailing and gnashing of teeth and uh, into the eternal fire, et cetera, et cetera. We, we hear these. But these sobering uh, pictures are not—I believe they're, they're invitations, right? I mean, they're meant to be invitations to us to— reject that and exactly. to live in such a way where that's not a threat to us. Exactly. The Lord does not, and, and that's not the only time that the Lord uses those words and, and warns us of hell throughout the scriptures. 
the, the point of it is the Lord is telling us so we don't so we don't end up there so we don't end up there right. that's that's the whole that's the whole purpose that that that, that you alluded to, like that sense of the Lord is, is warning us so we don't end up there. We see that in, in the, uh, the story that the Lord serves us of, of Lazarus and, and the rich man. And, and the rich man says, well, you know, you know let me go and, and warn my brothers. And, and the, Lord, the, the response is, well, they have Moses, they have the prophets. Uh, we have Jesus Christ as, as well. And so the Lord you know, gives us those warnings so we, um, so we know it. And, and what, what does it all come down to is, the Lord does not condemn anyone to hell. We condemn ourselves to hell by rejecting Christ. The Lord does not wish to condemn anyone. We, in some sense, condemn ourselves by rejecting Christ, willingly rejecting Christ. And that can be done. Certainly, it can be done by through apostasy, through you know, a rejecting of of our faith of our of our God, that sort of thing. But it can also be done through our actions, right? I mean, this is the whole realm of something like mortal sin. Yep. Yep, you're right. There, there are people that will kind of knowingly and outrightly verbally reject the Lord, but many times it's done more, more subtly and, uh, uh, you know, behind the, the scenes in a sense. And, and we even get from the, from the scriptures in, in 1 John talking about that sense of, you know, doesn't use the word mortal sin, but it uses the word, you know, the, the, the deadly sins. Um, and then there are sins that are sins, but not, not, not deadly and and so there's that that there is that sense of what is a deadly sin it cuts us off it cuts us off mortally from the lord and and the lord being the lord and not wishing anyone to perish he gives us his mercy is always 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 breaking through and and we see confession would be the um you know the, the, the great the great sacrament of the lord's mercy but even in our sufferings of life many times the lord will even use the sufferings and the challenges of life sometimes there's um we look to things and people and all these things outside of the Lord. And, and sometimes the Lord will, will kind of cut those, cut those off and kind of put up a block to give us an opportunity to return to him, uh, to return to him. And so sometimes it can happen where it seems like there's roadblocks all up around our lives. And sometimes the Lord does that as a way of, of saying, you can't go to this or that. You got to turn to me. And we all, we all face that. And that's one of the most beautiful moments of conversion, but also uh, spiritually daunting. Yeah. Yeah. True, true enough. But just the very fact that that invitation is always there and that he is pursuant yep. after us in those ways, just shows his great love and his compassion, his mercy upon us. Thanks be to God for his great mercy that uh, wants so badly for us to partake and to participate yep of his divine life forever. We're talking today with our spiritual director, Father Matthew Witter, about the four last things, death, judgment, heaven, and hell. If you have a question about any of these things, give us a call at 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149, or send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. Well, for the last 10 minutes or so of the show, Father, let's talk a little bit about heaven. I mean, give us again kind of a definition of how we understand heaven. What's, what's the end of the human person? Union with God, union with the Lord. That's the promise that we first receive at, at baptism. When we're baptized, we enter into the, the very life of our Lord. And that, uh, that promise that we've began in baptism is fulfilled then judgment and then in, in heaven, is to enter into heaven. That is, that is that des- desire, that is the yearning 
of everyone's heart is is to get to heaven and, and we yearn we yearn 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 we think of those moments in our life when when heaven breaks into to earth like how much our hearts need those those moments and so heaven is that is the longing that we all have whether we know it or not and even many times in our sins we are seeking heaven <laughs> even mm-hmm. in our sins even in in when we get in the most depraved situations many times even in those situations we wouldn't say it with these words but in fact we are looking for heaven in the wrong spot we're looking for heaven it's it's the it's the yearning that's in all of our hearts and minds whether we know yeah. it or not yeah yeah and i think sometimes we're we're done a disservice by portrayals of heaven that would be uh, rather simplistic you know in a, in the sense of strumming harps on clouds or something like that but the reality of it so far transcends that and uh, is reflected in the glories of of the the most glorious parts of creation i would imagine cannot even touch the glories limitless glories of heaven yeah and that's why heaven is not boring you know heaven yes, like you said is not right. you know <laughs> sitting on clouds and heaven also is not you know sometimes we kind of say jokingly but or sometimes just the truth well so and so is going to be playing golf all day or you know watching our favorite sports team uh, you know sometimes if we watch our favorite sports team that is not going to be heaven you know but uh, um, you know but but heaven is just you we think of the I, I like in in you know the Chronicles of Narnia, uh, C.S. Lewis in one of the last books. There's this image of kind of heaven is breaking in, and and the, the expression that kind of runs throughout it is further up and further in, further up and mm-hmm. further in. Right. And there's you know in in our human humanness, and and we you know through God's grace we we get those glimpses of heaven and that reality further up and further in. There's there's always uh, another layer, and we think of the Lord's you know, perfect love, like, if there's a, you know, to think about, you know, to, to gaze on the face of our Lord, to see our dear Blessed Mother Mary, to be, you know, reunited with our loved ones, you know, that is, there, there's no greater, there's no greater gift. And we could, we could say, you know, imagine if, if, you know, someone said to us, okay, you can go through this world, have no pain, make a lot of money, have a lot of power, da 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 but at the end of the world, you're not going to see the face of God. You know, yikes, 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 yikes. That should, that should, um, yeah. you know, further up and further in. Yeah. Uh, there's always another layer in, in God's love. Amen. Amen. A couple of quick emails, Father, before we close the show here. Um, we got an email from, I don't think it's signed, but anyway, it says, you say your body, our bodies will catch up to the spirit in heaven. And uh, the, the emailer asks, what about cremated bodies, cremated bodies whose ashes have been spread all over the earth? What would you say to that? Yep. So we, we, we trust that. So cremation, the Lord, as long as the person that's cremated attests to the, the, the resurrection of the body, the, the Lord, interesting that the teaching of the church is, and even we get in the scriptures, that our bodies will be rented from our soul even those, you know, resurrection to condemnation or resurrection to, to heaven. And so, you know, one day our body and our soul will be, will be ready to get, like I said, there's been a lot, a lot, a lot, billions and billions and billions and billions and billions of people who have lived on this, on this earth. And so there's a great mystery in the, in the physics of that. But, you know, we, we've seen in the Lord, the Lord makes the dead rise. Okay, very good. And then we got an email, too, from Judy, who asks us to please comment on the apostolic pardon given by a priest at the hour of death. Ah, yes. 
So within the, the context of this is why, you know, when we the question before with the, the sense of the, you know, preparing for death, to, to have the priest come for the sacrament of anointing of the sick is a very, 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 it's, it's, it's incredible, the graces that are given in that sacrament. Sometimes in those moments, the person is conscious. Sometimes they're, they're not conscious. But within the anointing of the sick, when it's apparent that it's in the, the, last, uh, the last moments of life, perhaps, or last days, uh, the, the Church gives what's called a, an apostolic pardon of prayer, that through which the, the Lord gives a complete remission and, and forgiveness of, of, uh, of all of our sins. And so it's one of the, the blessings of, of the anointing of the sick, that prayer isn't used in anointing if it's you know a serious situation, but death isn't perhaps imminent always. Um, but yeah, very powerful prayer that that priest will pray within the kind of the opening rite of of anointing. Is that uh, largely? I mean, it, depending on on how we figure out or how the priest figures out whether or not to use that prayer, is that something that we should ask for, or is, is a, we should say we think he's close to death, and um, could we could he have the apostolic pardon, please, something like that? Yeah, usually, usually it's self-explanatory. Like the priest okay. would would know to do that. Like it, it's yeah. um, it, it shouldn't be a mystery for the priest to do that. Now, if, if um, you know, someone could certainly suggest it, but um, priests would know to, to do yeah. that prayer. Okay, very good. Well, just in our last uh, minute or so here before we ask for your blessing, Father, I, I wanted to ask to, just in our in our own looking ahead to our own death and that hour in which we, we do face the particular judgment and everything, what what would you suggest or how, how for those who maybe fear that moment, and maybe they're close to it right now, um, what would you say to provide calm and peace in the hour of death, Father? Yeah, that, uh, I it was Anne mentioned it a bit earlier, that, that scripture, and sometimes we will often repeat it within the station of the cross, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And, and if we, if we desire the Lord truly and sincerely, the Lord wishes, the Lord has done everything. The Lord has put everything on the line for us as we spend eternity with him. And so we always trust in the Lord's mercy. And as I mentioned before, the, the sacrament of reconciliation is a powerful, powerful sacrament as well. It's, it's kind of a standing before the judgment seat of the Lord, um, where the Lord is complete mercy. <laughs> and it's, you know, we, we come before the Lord in our humility and our sinfulness now. Uh, so then when we go before the Lord later, our, our hearts and our souls are prepared. Well, there's such great hope to be had in in the Lord. And I'll go back to your, your earliest uh, quote there, Father, which is, without the Lord, yikes. <laughs> but yikes. with the yeah. Lord, there yeah. is such promise, such hope, such wonder, such grace and mercy and peace. So grateful for the time that you've spent with us, Father, in talking to us about the four last things. May we have a blessing from you as we close yep. the show, please. Father, we thank you for the hope of eternal life. Conform our lives to the heart and to the life of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior. May the blessing of Almighty God be poured out over each of you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Such great hope to be found in our Lord. If you know somebody who needs some of that hope, especially as they may be facing death, 
Hop on over to relevantradio.com slash inner life and sh- listen again, share the show with them so that they might be encouraged and inspired as well. Coming up next, the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass with our celebrant, Father Brian Belangia. On Monday, confessional Catholicism with Father Anthony Wick. Have a great weekend. Until then, grace and peace.